You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross, your host, and this is episode number 201. I have a great guest that I'm so looking forward to talking to today. Her name is Amy La Liberty. She's a trusted profitability advisor to six and seven figure business owners who are tired of being behind in their books and are ready to uncover blind spots and ultimately get more profitable. Amy is also a certified life and money coach and specializes with women who long to leave the nine to five and create a business and build wealth on their terms. So welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Well, I tell you uh, what you help women do. I mean, maybe not just, just women, but the the people that you work with, uh, so important. Um, boy, I've been grateful to uh, have my own business for over 15 years, and I have not looked back. So I love that you're helping other women do the same. Yeah, well, it's it's truly an honor and a treat. And I think what makes it such an amazing um, opportunity for me is that I can relate. I mean, I have been five years into my entrepreneurial journey. And you know, for me, climbing the corporate ladder, thinking that once I got to the top, it was all going to be rainbows and unicorns and then finding out that was not where I wanted to be and then trying to figure out in a really intentional way how to get to another um, another career, another opportunity was just a different, uh, I feel like I have a lot of wisdom to share. That's great. So tell me exactly what your uh, work is. How do you help women do this? And uh, what is the impact that you hope to make in the world? Yeah. So um, I work with six and seven figure business owners uh, through bookkeeping, CFO services, as well as profit first implementation. Um, and I could talk about that in a, in a moment if uh, your listeners and yourself want to know a little bit more about profit first. But um, what I have found was I spent 20 years in a corporate environment working with, um, with money and in, in various um, entities in terms of like, I was a, I did fundraising, I created 50 million plus campaigns for institutions. So um, I did a lot of the operational and uh, worked in the finance area in order to build all of these really big campaigns. And what I had found was that um, I was creating such an amazing impact for organizations, but I wanted to create a more deeper impact in terms of like my life. I wanted to be an example of what was possible. I have three kids, two of them are girls. And I just had my like this entrepreneurial spirit that I just felt was unmet, was not being tapped into in that corporate world. So I moved over and I decided to start my own business. And um, I knew that business owners avoided doing their finances. Um, having worked with um, with many business owners, um, I had known that that was something that they avoided. And I knew that this would be a really great opportunity to take the knowledge that I had built over the course of two decades in a corporate environment, um, to take it over into um, to help smaller businesses. So um 
So that's what I do in terms of like how I got started. And what I had found was that there are many women um, who are looking to leave the nine to five. They're the version of me five years ago who have come to the realization that they don't want the corporate nine to five and um, they know that they have a skill and they need help with three core areas. Number one, it's the understanding and the uh, the money side of it. So how do you get rid of your, how do you figure out a way to, to create that nine to five paycheck in a, in a business through, through self-employment? Um, and how do you maintain a lifestyle, the same lifestyle that you have while you're trying to do that? And then, so there's the money side of it. And then there's the relationship side of it. So it's, you know, when you start going down the road to entrepreneurship, you start out solo most of the time. And so how do you go from like managing a team, having colleagues to be in a business of one? How do you um, navigate those roads as a as a mother with your children? And how does that dynamic and relationship shift? And then how do you make that shift in um, in concert with your partner? on board and understanding how all of it will will work out because there's definitely um, shifts that happen, at least in my experience with, uh, with all of that. And then finally, the identity part of it. I think many women have gone to college, gotten an advanced degree as well, and they're using it and they can't seem to let go of the identity of the degree, the identity as the corporate executive or the lawyer, the doctor. And so we really work on working through that identity shift, going from someone who was a corporate person, whatever their title was into like the identity of an entrepreneur as a self-employed business owner. Wow. I love the combination that you're helping with. And I feel like as someone who's been through that, you you really hit on all the key areas because of course there's the financial transition time and then there is the you know I laugh years ago there was a, a commercial with a woman with her cute little bunny slippers and her pajamas and she just looks so relaxed and happy and joyful working from home you know and the kids were just you know quietly playing in the background and life was so good <laughs> Mm -hmm. And if only it would actually be like that, uh, you right. know, the reality is there's still stuff that you're going to be balancing. And then that identity piece um, and the spouse, you know, partner piece. Um, I will never forget years ago. So I have a master's degree uh, and I was a stay at home slash had a business at the time. Mom, my kids were little and uh, I was at a friend's house and the neighbor came over, the husband, and he was talking about how it would be great if his wife would stay home. But he said, but she has way too much education to be home. <laughs> And I just thought, you know, and you do, you struggle with your identity. Like, who am I now? Like, you know, when someone asks you, what do you do? You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, oh, I just love that you're covering all of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. My, the thing that I think is always so um, fascinating is that um, I grew up, I'm a, you know, middle class, um, grew up from a middle class family, um, very blue collar my husband, same uh, roots, blue collar, and my father-in-law is just so, so confused, fascinated, and just, he's like, you just, you sit at a computer at home and you make money. Like, it's just like his mind can't like comprehend how all of that worked because his career was spent in construction. So he's just like, that, like that actually is a thing. And it's like, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing a lot of people are, are doing. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, see, 
<laughs> you know, I've been at this for over 15 years and he's still like, I get a new client and he'll like, Hey, maybe they'll want to hire you. You know, it's like, and that is not the goal, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. It's just really interesting the way that people uh, perceive. And the thing that's been really interesting is um, being that we are in this pandemic, I own my business in the pandemic. I work with businesses and I saw all the things with the pandemic in terms of how my clients, like the shift of priorities and how we navigated all the waters. It was really interesting um, to talk one-on-one with family members who thought that like my business was also at risk as a result of the pandemic. And um, and I think that the risk, like the the whole like notion of like it being risky to be self-employed was really interesting uh, to have conversations with because I felt probably the first time out of like the five years that I have been doing this that I, I just was like, I am every every dollar my clients pay me is is so well worth it because I'm helping them manage their financials. I'm helping them navigate through and making sure their cash flows in check, making sure that we have all of our ducks in a row, that I never occurred to me that I would not have a business on the other side of it. Um, but I think that other people who are not involved in the entrepreneurship and 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 don't understand necessarily the the how like a business model like mine works, um, how they see it like, oh no, is she going to still be able to have clients and everything? So it's, it's interesting. Well, and it's that old, uh, you know, I'm going to date myself here back in the day, but Mm -hmm. back in the day, there was a sense of loyalty and longevity in jobs. And there was a sense of security from that. And there's still some holdover for people who, you know, look at entrepreneurs and think like, oh, my gosh, how do you do that? There's no security. But it's like, well, you know, jobs are not secure anymore. And it's been quite some time since they have been, really. I mean, there's, you know, when I when I help my clients hire people. You know, you used to look at a resume and, you know, and think, ooh, job hopper, that's not good. But almost everyone's resume has job hopping on it now. You know, yeah. even if you're trying to stay employed, you're you're moving around. And so the one thing that does kind of give you, um, you know, put you in the driver's seat of your future is, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when um, I have three kids, my youngest is eight. And when I went back to work after having him, um, I had coffee with a friend of mine who had just left. He, he started his own law practice. He left his like big practice um, to start out on his own. And he said to me, he said, Amy, he said, I create my own ceiling. He was like, if I want to work and take cases, I'm going to take cases. If I want to take a season off in order to to take care of whatever this other priority is, I have that. And he said, and and I will never forget those words because I think that they hold true, at least in my experience, is that I think if anything, it allows me to create like pivots and shifts and be able to like, like if I want to take on more clients, there's clients available for me. If I need to taper off because um, I have clients that have higher special needs and I have like other priorities in terms of like personal, or if there's like a new offer I want to create space for in order to build out and vision out, like I have that. And I never felt that I had that like flexibility in a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell me what life experiences have motivated you to 
make this unique impact? Yeah. So I've always been fascinated with money. I can think back to my like childhood and, um, you know, my siblings would read like the comics, the Sunday comics. And I was like flipping through the coupons. Like I just, my mind was like, oh my God, this is money. And like the thing that I wanted so badly as a kid was like a safe so I could put all my money in. Like I, it was just like, I always had these and it's really silly, but like, I've always had this, like, I knew money was important and I knew that it was like part of like adulting. I didn't like, those were not like my words as like a a kid, but they are like my words now. And I just thought I need to make sure I understand how this all worked. And that really came to head when I was 18, when um, I went off to college, Uh, my parents all in like a year, I went off to college, my parents separated, and they both ended up filing for bankruptcy. And I had to pay for my own college education. And I had no clue. I had no clue what I was doing. I understood like I was no problem making money. I was always someone who was willing to work, take multiple jobs, figure the whole thing out. But really how to like understand personal finance at that kind of a level at 18 and to take on that kind of responsibility. I remember like teaching myself how to read student loan like documents to understand when I was signing, what I was signing for. And um, and so I just knew that I needed to have a relationship with money at the time I was 18. And I, um, and it just grew from there. I made so many mistakes in that first two years, like I credit cards, I didn't understand how to pay a credit card. And I know that that sounds crazy. But I just like, I really didn't understand how it all worked. And I didn't understand the implications of not paying a credit card and what that would mean down the road. But, um, but I did all of it, I paid my way through a private college education. Um, I, figured out how to do all the things. And I always had an attachment to like understanding and having a relationship with money because I knew that was how I was going to always create the um, security and self-sufficiency. So, um, so that's really like the unique impact that I have is that I know that there are, there are lots of people and I know that there's, there's women who who have, who, who lack a relationship with money for whatever their reasons are, but I want to work with them so that we can get to the, can we get to the heart of how they can have a meaningful relationship with money? And I don't think that a money relationship is a one size fits all approach. I think it's really about understanding how they perceive money, how they use money, and then making sure that we create a money relationship that is an intimate one, is one that is a meaningful one. And it's one of the most important, deepest relationships that you will ever have. And I feel like that's the unique impact that I have. Like, that's my why. So I kudos to you for uh, figuring all of that out in the midst of what must have been such personal turmoil too. And then taking on the full responsibility of paying for and figuring out all that's involved in uh, a private college, no less. Wow. Um, And I love that you're talking about the relationship with money. And again, I'm going to go back. You're just, you're having me think back to so many personal stories myself of, uh, because I had, I actually started my business to get out of a marriage and, uh, and I had two little boys and, you know, and was a business owner. So no safety net, no, you know, Uh (laughs) and I was so fearful of money and the number. I did not want to do a budget. 
mm-hmm. because and which is so silly in hindsight. But at the time, I was I was really quite panicked. And as a for instance, in August, I because uh, back then my payment for my insurance, my health insurance was quarterly, and also my property taxes were due that month. And I didn't even want to add those two sums up. Nor did uh-huh. I want to <laughs> subtract them from the amount sitting in my account. But I would just look and go, yep, I, th- I think I'm good. And that was all I just, and I tell you, once I did the budget, it was so empowering. Because uh-huh. one, I realized, okay, the number's okay. I can do this. And there's wiggle room. And I was saving. And I was, you know, and so now, but yeah, it was, I went from really just scared and not wanting to know anything about the numbers to empowered and there was safety in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because I will sometimes call a budget a spending plan. Um, I call it other things other than budgets because for whatever reason, uh, the word budget um, can trigger people and they feel that it's like asking them to be restrictive. And it's like, it's almost like dieting, right? And it's like, if you have a spending protocol and you just agree, if you decide ahead of time, these are the things I'm going to uh invest my money and spend my money on this is this is the stuff I'm going to save for and I like my reasons for it there's no like scarcity to be had because it's just you've you decided ahead of time it's all there it's all done you like your reasons and I think one of the other things too is that when it comes to budgeting let's say that I don't know you decide that you're going to spend a hundred dollars on clothing for the month and you end up buying something and it's like $120. And so you're $20 over rather than like beating yourself up for going $20 over budget. What if in the moment you just say, I like my reasons for doing that. And I'm going to figure out another way to like make up that 20 And so it's not just about like, we're going to use this against ourselves. And I think that's what happens so often. Our people create these budgets with the best of intentions in mind, and then they start using it against themselves when something comes up that they don't have in their budget. And that's where I think the quitting and it's like the small quits like, oh, well, you know, I won't worry about that. Or, you know, and then it just like, you know, it's like one little thing, one little thing, and they all collectively create something much larger. Well, and the nice thing is if you know the numbers, you, yeah, you can say like, I powerfully choose this. Like I I am doing this. And I, and I, it's so funny. I still have my spreadsheet that I made way back then. And this has got to be, I don't know, over uh, 10 or 11 years ago now. And, um, and I still have mostly those same buckets you know, and if you do go over on one, you got some money in another bucket. So, you know, the money goes directly into my savings and then I get the little email and then I, it's very rewarding to put a little bit of money in all these different, you know, vacation and gifts and car repair and <laughs> mm-hmm. all those things. And then the money's sitting there. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So important. I will, I know I've said it already, but so important that the work that you're doing. And so I am sure that you have so many big impact stories, but I always like to ask because, you know, when we're in business, there are going to be trip ups, there are going to be challenges. And I think that passion can 
fuel our tenacity and keep us moving. And so for you, what are one of the, you know, the stories that you think back to uh, of someone that you helped where there was really an impact that really fuels you? Yeah. So I think about, there's so many of them and I'm trying to pick one that I think would like honor all of like a little bit of like everybody's experiences. But what I would say is that um, I had a client who um, hired me to do an intensive and she, all she wanted, there was a lot of things like she wanted to grow her business. Um, she had another business that she had had already had up and running, but she wanted to make a pivot and she needed to figure out how all of it was going to happen. On top of which she was living at home and she just knew that in order to enter this next chapter of her life, she was going to have to find a new apartment and be like independent and really like spread her wings and fly. And during that three month time frame, there was a lot of processing of, of feelings and emotions and um, a lot of unpacking and rebuilding her money story and her relationship with money. And what we ended up doing was during the time together, she found an apartment that she moved out. We created a budget for her that she stuck to. And, um, and then she ended up, that was three years ago, three years ago, she was doing about $5,000 a month in revenue. She's now doing over $30,000 in revenue a month. Wow. She um, is a, and, and her, 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 the, the clients that she serves are clients that, um, that are people who um, are in a audience that are not necessarily like have this unlimited amount of, of, of income, disposable income, but they, um, they have the capacity to it. They just have this mindset shift and she helps them work through like scarcity and abundance in order to deliver what it is that they are, are looking to do in terms of their, um, their, uh, their mission. And so she's doing amazing. And it's fun because we had worked together and, you know, we both went on our way and everything. And, and then we reconnected through Instagram and I just like, will send her messages on occasion. And she's like, you have no idea how much you've changed. You changed my life. Hmm. She said, I getting that apartment was like the thing that the key, like it unlocked everything for me. As soon as I had that space, it was like everything fell into place. And she, and I think that that's what it is, is that it's something so small. Like all she needed was like an apartment in order to create this, this independence. And she then turned around and just is now like close to a half a million dollars in, in business revenue. And, um, and she's just loving life and she's just, and you can just feel her, you can see it. Um, and you can feel her energy just in the conversations that I have. And I think that like, that's sort of that story that you start working with someone who feels that like they, they, they know they can do it, but they don't have the belief and they work with someone like me who, who already sees their capacity, already sees and already holds that belief for them. And they're just like pulling that future version of my clients out in order to step into them, in order to just make the impact that they want in the world. 
That's an amazing story. I love that. So I can see why that fuels your passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me personally, what's the biggest internal or external challenge that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome it? It's It all comes about like radical self-acceptance and on the heels of like the negative self-talk. I was a competitive swimmer uh, for 12 years and I started when I was um eight and I swam through my sophomore year of college. And, um, and I always thought that this voice inside of my head was, was serving me because like, it would like fuel my competitiveness and it was just not serving me at all. And really uh, like learning how to trust myself and to talk to myself lovingly. Um, I think that we all have these voices, you know, people call them like they, they have these really cute names for them, you know, your primitive brain. And I understand that like, my mind would always just want to keep me safe. And when I was trying to do things that I had never done before and that we didn't have the neural pathways to to create the results that I was looking to create, there was that resistance. But that resistance always came with this, like, you can't do this. Who are you to do this? And it was just like, and, and some of the stuff that I would say to myself, I would never, ever talk to anyone that way. But for whatever reason, I thought it was perfectly fine for me to talk to myself that way. And doing a lot of work on myself personally, like the personal self-growth that I have done, experienced, worked on, um, is probably the reason that I'm here in terms of like doing the work that I'm doing, that I had the confidence and clarity to leave a nine to five job and to create all of that. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't really confront the um, the negative negative self-talk because I didn't love myself. Um, I really didn't like myself and I didn't quite understand why. And like really understanding like in, in, in like working through that was, was, was my life's work. It is my life's work because anytime I want to try to do something new, the little voice like starts to make her little head out and says, you know, like, really? I don't think you should do this, but it's not as critical, I guess would be a good word, um, as she once was. But you know, it's, it's definitely that. Yeah, that is such important work to be an entrepreneur, especially if I mean, you're basically selling yourself too. So the confidence that it takes and the work that you have to do to not take it personally, if you know, if if someone says no to working with you, it's not personal. It's just the decision that they're making. Uh, so yeah, you definitely want to have that sense of confidence and the good foundation. And yeah, quiet, quiet Herbert or whatever you call your <laughs> your lizard. Is, is that your name? Is yours Herbert? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I love that. I love that. I don't have a name. You know, it's so funny because I don't know about about you, but I like I have three kids, and I was always so hesitant to tell people their names um well not so much my my first daughter but like my because it's like oh that's your name oh I I there was a there was a so-and-so in my and and this person and there's always like an attachment to the name so like I would hate to call like my inner my inner diva or like whatever like I would I would like to call her something and then like meet someone with that name (laughs) yeah I don't know if that's like a common name these days so maybe I just need to dig out a name from like old school that's so that's what I you know because that's the thing like we can't shut it off it's gonna be there and it you know it's and it doesn't say danger 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 it 
gives us, you know, excuses that feel like reasons. And so, yeah, so I always tell clients, like, give it a funny name because there's no, you know, there's no need to be mad. I mean, it is serving its purpose. It, you know, it just doesn't really fit where we are because, like, your life's not in danger if you're, you know, making a cold call or, you know, <laughs> talking to a potential new client uh, and it doesn't really know the difference. But yeah, so that's, I always say, just, you know, Beatrice or, you know, some kind of, yeah, more old fashioned kind of a name that'll give a little humor to to that part of our brain that's really trying hard to keep us safe (laughs) yeah for sure no and it's like and and I think that I now have created like epic compassion for that side of me but at the same time um I have not given her mine is definitely a her I have not given her a name and I probably that that has to get on my list of of things to do find a name for this primitive voice yes I th- yeah, it's it's helpful because then you can mm-hmm. thank her, you know, thank yeah. thank you, but yep, gonna gonna move on. Thanks for your caution. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm good. I got this. It's fine. I'm not gonna die. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, tell me, what words of wisdom do you have for others who want to make their impact in the world? I believe that there is as much as we were just talking about the critical like inner voice, our critical Herberts, I think that there is another part of us that has this deep inner wisdom that is waiting for you to accept the call to do and to create the impact that you want in this world. And it's not going to be one of these calls, at least mine wasn't, where it was, go forth, create a bookkeeping CFO business and all will be well. But it was this voice of, Now is the time to build the business that will create the impact that you desire to have, not only for yourself, but for others and, um, and really like lean into that voice um, because that part of you is the all knowing is the, the voice that will guide you to the most unbelievable experience that you would have and 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 create the impact that you desire. I think as humans, we all know that we have the capacity, the inclination um, to do great things and to have impact. And it's whether or not we're ready and the readiness piece of it. Are we ready to create that impact? And some of us, you know, it takes us longer to get to the start line of that journey. And some of us, we never get there. But if you feel if there's anywhere in your heart or your gut, that's where I feel like it it comes for for me, um, that there is something bigger that you need to be doing in your life, then you owe it to yourself and to the world to really lean in to explore what that is. Yes. The world is waiting. Yes, we feel those calls to action and, you know, our Herbert or whatever it is, you know, quiets it, right? We start stuffing it. And sometimes I think that we can even start to feel that yearning and and then we have to squelch it harder. But yes, you have unique gifts and you have a, a unique impact and the world is waiting and get out and make your impact. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have any last thoughts? You've already shared so many great nuggets. Oh, um, I, I guess what I I want to share is, and, and just a little tip on, on what we were just talking about a moment ago, is that what you think is impossible today is completely possible. And there's so many people that have started and have gotten further along. Where I am now is I, 
my mind can't quite comprehend how like how it all happened, but we're here and we're here to stay and we have greater plans. And just the expansion of your life will just magnify and keep growing if you're willing to keep growing. I just want to throw my hands up in the air. Woo! If this was video, <laughs> if this was a video <laughs> podcast, you would see me. <laughs> I love that. That's so inspirational. So thank you so much. So again, if you are enjoying uh, listening to Amy and all that she's sharing and you are in a nine to five and you have this yearning, this call to action, this little thing that's that you keep kind of pressing down or just have a different vision for your life. Uh, get connected with her. So it's Amy LaLiberty and you can find her at myvirtualcfo.com. CO and her information notes from today's episode along with the link to her website will all be in the show notes for today's episode. You can find those by going to defeatthedrama.com, click on the podcast tab and go to episode number 201. Thanks so much for listening and yes, like Amy said, get out there and make your unique impact. And if you're struggling with delegating to your team, which is necessary to make your impact, I have a free ebook for you. You can grab your copy by going to Six Simple Steps. Of, I'm sorry, it's called Six Simple Steps of Great Delegation. And you can find it at defeatthedrama.com forward slash delegation. All right, make it a great day and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.